of me that was saying, I know this is not something you're going to be practicing long term. This is actually not healthy to practice long term. But right now we're fucking around and finding out. another episode of black and white wait why are you <laughs> laughing about it <laughs> we're getting we're sitting here like ready to record everyone thinks ready to go and mckinley's like wait hold on i need to order a sandwich a what sandwich a wing stop sandwich is that what you said wing stop <laughs> You okay. said it with the urgency of like, oh wait, I have to pee, or like, oh, I have to get some water really quick. Or like, oh, I need, <laughs> I need that wing stop sandwich. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Why would anybody not want pickles? That's absurd. I don't want pickles. You wouldn't. So, like on a Chick Fil A sandwich, you don't get pickles. Mm-mm. Were you dropped on your head as a child? Maybe. I don't know. I was hit in the back of the head with a rock a few years ago at the river and it like busted my head open and I had to get staples and I still have a bump on the back of my head and I can't feel anything there. I was totally sober. How have you never told me that? I don't know. It was a really crazy story. I thought I'd been shot. It was so loud. What? I was at the river with my like college roommates. And we were like I'm waiting. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at your trauma, but you thought no, you it was shocked. yes, because it was so. So I was like floating in the river, minding my own business, and there was kind of a bridge nearby, and a rock uh-huh. like shot out from underneath the car <gasps> and hit hit me in the back of the head, like when I was mid conversation with a friend, and I just I like went down like with my head, came back up, and my hand was just like covered and blood because like your head your head bleeds a lot um and so (laughs) I was just like covered in blood totally sober I had to go to the ER it was horrible I was the only thing is like (laughs) yeah if I'm going to the ER I'm hoping that I'm not sober frankly to like get through that the last time I was in the ER I had like what is it norovirus novovirus I always get that confused and I I can't believe I'm like sharing this much detail but I couldn't keep anything down like not even water like I was throwing Mm -hmm. up water and um I was severely dehydrated and they told me when I got there they were like yeah if you wouldn't have come in when you did your kidney function would be in question oh okay I was like oh cool and then I had the best apple juice of my life and asked <laughs> the nurse for extra saltine crackers, which I got because I made friends with them. Anyway. I bet you did. You know I did. I will talk to literally everyone wherever I go. I'm telling you. Did I? Okay. So I want blue cheese with fries, dipping sauces, blue cheese, fries, and then I'm getting a Dr. Pepper. Excellent. Because I deserve this. Good for you. Anyway. The best, okay. The best part of my head story is that there was a someone there that was like, oh my gosh, I'm a nurse. I can help you. And she like she like got me all like set up while we were like waiting for transportation. 
And uh, she was like, actually, I've been a nurse for 10 years. I just retired, became a real estate agent, and I've never gotten to help someone on the side of the road. And I'm sitting there like covered in blood, like, glad it's I like, can excellent. help. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. I'm so glad that you can add this to your like list of experiences. Mm-hmm. That is so funny. A real estate agent. That is a lot of people's like retirement plan or like whatever. Um. I, you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about the Barbie movie. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Like, I would recommend it amongst other things. I don't know what I expected of it. But, and, okay, can I just, like, give a spoiler alert? Because there may be spoilers. We don't know. We have, we'd have we to We don't know. Say. We do know. We saw it. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, what we're going to say. <laughs> so... I didn't I I didn't know what to expect really but I know what I didn't expect mm-hmm. was how campy the movie was going to be. Like I didn't expect like an Oscar award winning, you know, uh drama or anything whatever, but um it was campy as shit. I literally was like it's just like the campiest movie you've ever seen but everything's pink. Did Can I, I love it? Something what I wasn't completely sure what campy meant and I didn't want to ask but so I googled it while you were talking and I just have to tell you the definition or the the example that's listed is the song has reached campy cult classic status over the years I don't know that I would wait where are you looking this up I don't know that I would use that that sentence what is McKinley what does campy mean Campy means to me, and this is how I mean it when I say it in context, it means like overly exaggerated, like mm. almost like melodramatic, maybe like like cheesy, borderline, 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 kitschy. I think more kitschy, kitschy. than like That's yeah, a good like word just for very it. kitschy, like very like like of course everything's pink, of course like this. It, imaginary like land this barbie land like of course it's pink and like everything is like 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 pseudo real i don't know like it's just yeah it was interesting i don't think that i did meet a few people who were like oh yeah i would go see it a million times over and i'm like good for you i enjoyed it i also went by myself so like maybe i was maybe i'm bitter i don't know i enjoyed it but i wouldn't go see it over and over and over again yeah i wouldn't want to go see it like over and over again either but i did want to see it enough to actually go to the movie theater and i'm glad that i did like i think it was worth getting out and going to the theater for like it was cool to see it on a big screen but i agree i'm not like I'm going to watch it over and over again. But I did think that it was really, really good. Like, so you went into oh, it yeah. like not really knowing what to expect. Like, did you like it? I did. I did like it. Um, it, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to say that I operate better when I have expectations because I don't think that's the case at all. But I feel like I thought that there were going to be more moments where the audience was kind of met with, um, you know, a line, a statement by one of the characters or what have you, that was kind of kind of going to kind of lead them into like deeper thinking. So I didn't expect it to be so kitschy. I didn't expect it to be so like lighthearted, but then I'm like, 
in hindsight, I'm like, what the hell? It's a Barbie movie. Like, what do you mean you didn't expect it to be lighthearted? You know, like, so I go back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The expectations that I had for it, I thought that it was going to maybe give the audience a little bit more of an opportunity to dive deeper into like their emotions basically. But then I think about it, like I didn't expect it to be so kitschy. So, but then, well, that's true. But then you have the monologue from America. Yes. Yes. And that's like incredible. All of the thought provoking that you need. Right. All of like, everybody got silent in the theater. There was no laughing. There was no shuffling. There was no popcorn bags, you know, crinkling, whatever. It was Everybody went it. And I, that's when like tears welled into my eyes. I was like, holy shit. Women go through hell arguably. Mm-hmm. And we all know the feeling of going through hell. We all know the experience of, you know, having to take a different route home because there's a creepy guy on the corner, mm-hmm. you know, or um, having to do something stupid or what we maybe deem as stupid to protect ourselves when we're going on a first date or out in public alone or what have you. Mm-hmm. It's like every single woman, regardless of your background, like understood that sentiment when America Ferreira's monologue happened. It's like every single woman. Yeah. And that was, I agree. It was extremely powerful. Extremely. Yeah. I went and saw the movie with my friend Ryan and was just, you know, casually talking about my life struggles on the way to the movie theater. We walked there and after the movie, he was like, so what was it like to watch a movie about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh sh- sh- yeah i was like thanks ryan okay. <laughs> wait but how did you take that like what do you mean by that or what did he imply and what do you how do you think about because that? i ha- i mean I, he's he's absolutely right because i had been talking about just not really knowing what my purpose was or what i was supposed to be doing and i've been feeling really insecure like about my body lately like it, it just aligned with everything that I had been struggling with, which I think is what most women struggle with all the time is like, right. what is my purpose? Right. Why am I here? And like the weight of diet culture and beauty standards and body image and all of that shit. Right. Isn't it so wild though? I agree. I had the same thought, you know, like after the movie and during it as I'm watching it and kind of just piecing it together. But what's so crazy is woman everywhere experiences this and like the fact that Barbie represents I mean for me I look at it it's a very like you know complex thing it's super multifaceted she's a dynamic character that was created it's like you know yes while she is a woman who has you know these innate features, if you will, or tendencies or what have you, it's like, oh no, she can also do it all. And I think that like, there's probably a few ways that people like approach that typically. And one of them is probably, oh, well, I can be that. Mm -hmm. I can be the Barbie with the itty bitty waist, you know, the like well put together wardrobe, the long hair, the, all this, like the perfect proportions, you know, what have you pretty face, the Ken, Ken, exactly. The dream house, Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, and I I just highlighted so many, maybe more covert elements of womanhood 
And mm. I think that was really important. And I really loved, you know, I thought about this after I was like, I love that I saw so many little ones there, like little girls there, even like, you know, just children. Yes. And there were people yes. that argued that this isn't a movie for kids. It's like, they're not going to get the innuendos. That's why they put them in. So adults can enjoy yeah. it too. Like, you know, I absolutely, you know, as I was walking into the theater, I was like, I would absolutely, um, bring my kid. 100% this is a movie for kids, girls and boys. It's right. right. And it's theatrical. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's like yeah. exciting and, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's such a good conversation starter for kids about gender and gender roles and inequality. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just individuality even like it, it, there's so many things um and i think that makes me just excited to see that this is a movie that's coming out in 2023 you know what i mean like it it, it felt in some regard representative of progress i think yeah i think so i think we've all felt that it's been interesting like this summer we've had um speak now from taylor swift which is like our high school oh, yeah. era um I feel like there was another like girly thing that came out recently. I don't know. I just feel like the girls are having yeah. a moment. The moment like, they should have had forever ago. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think Barbie was like the lovely perfect cherry on top. Um, yeah. to, I think that anything that's going to like bring people together in that regard, like to be able to bond over like, I don't know, like maybe a common story or like, you know, what have you. It's mm -hmm. like, that's beautiful. You know, like I don't. It's beautiful and it's powerful. Exactly. Exactly. Like it literally is like mountain moving. So yeah, yeah. I agree. So go see the Barbie movie. We recommend. Yes, all the recommendations are the Barbie movie. I also have been like continuously watching New Amsterdam, which have I'm you? obsessed is it with. Good? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm on the edge of my seat every episode and it's like, my eyes have to be like almost comatose, not in a medical mm. sense, thank you, <laughs> um, for me to like turn off New Amsterdam. I'm like, no, I will watch this until I'm absolutely like asleep. Um, I, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I also started watching um, All the Queen's Men with Eva Marcel. And here's the thing, Kelly, if you watch it, I think that you would be like, I actually would love to get your take on it. So maybe you should watch it. And we, you, like, I would. Where is it streaming? It's on, I watch it on Prime. And I think it's okay. an Amazon Prime original. Um, but it's Eva Marcel. You know, she won America's Next Top Model, whatever year that was. She actually, she was on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. She was recently in the press because she and her husband um, are getting divorced, I think. And they had the most like extravagant wedding. It was featured on Real Housewives, all of these things. She's just like, I think, a familiar face to a lot of our generation because of the toxicity mm -hmm. and familiarity that was America's Next Top Model. Mm -hmm. And then she like became an actress too. So yeah. Yeah. Right now I am on a Bob's Burgers kick. I can't get enough of it. I think I'm going yeah, through absolutely. something uh, because that is my comfort Fair. show and it is all I've wanted to watch. Like last but weekend. But does it not work in comforting you? It, yeah. it does, but last weekend I was like, wait, I think I've watched multiple Christmas episodes. 
do they have multiple Christmas episodes? Oh, yeah. Like, every season. Like, I think I watched a whole season. Oh, so you're saying you've got... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> I love Bob's Burgers. Like, when you learn about, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, too, I won't oh spoil gosh. it for anyone. But when you learn about, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, how it's made, all that, it just makes it, like, that much more special, I feel like. Who's your favorite character? I love it. Who are you? wife's name I'm blanking Linda you're Linda, Linda. I almost said uh Rita for some reason Rita. <laughs> Rita Linda same thing whatever are you reading um, any good books lately no I'm not reading I okay I haven't been reading but I did listen to an audiobook recently does that count as reading I think so okay well the name of the of the book is Pussy. <laughs> Amazing. Say more. And it's about like reclaiming the word pussy. It very much Fuck aligns yes. with um my like girly summer. I would highly recommend it. Wait, who's the author? Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Like, oh are my you God, reading yeah. anything? No, I'm not right now. I think that like in the future, the very near future, I'm going to have a lot of free time. So I'm hoping to get back to some of the books that like I've been putting on hold. Uh, one of them I actually bought forever ago because I think I read a, like an excerpt from it on TikTok and it's like an erotica. Like I've never read an erotic novel Ooh. that wasn't like Fifty Shades of Grey, which like. Did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I read the first one. Yeah. So scandalous. I would never have read or watched that when it came out. Of course not, because, drumroll please, we were in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched Fifty Shades of Grey with you in your Oh, that's apartment. right. Yeah, no. I do feel like they're steamy. Like, they're yeah. fucking steamy. Like, there have been, I'm sure there have been moments where I'm just like, holy shit, like, let me pause this. I'm going to just run, have a little me time, wink, wink. And then you come back what? and actually watch the movie. I have been wanting to get into reading. Maybe that is where I need to start. That'll get me to read. Fifty Shades of Grey? No, just erotica. Oh, yeah. I have a couple to recommend. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's we, do this. Yeah, I got you. But with that being said, I want to welcome Alexia Sateris, energy healer and practitioner, back to the podcast for part two i included a bunch of info about her in the show notes you can reach her on social media her website um book with her she has retreats all over the world so yeah let's let's dive back into all things relationships I actually tried to have, this is funny. This is, oh, oh my God. And there, I actually tried to have a sugar daddy one time, which I just, I don't like the energy of a sugar daddy anymore. Um, but You tried to, wait, 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 I tried. Wait, wait. He, he sent me a really nice proposition. Um, wait, tell us the proposition. I wish I had, it was like years ago. I would never entertain a sugar daddy anymore. Again, no judgment, just not at all where I am. Um, and I feel like if someone has to pay for companionship, that's going to be a very fucked up relation so anyway right um yeah. Yeah. he's fucked you know in some way mm -hmm. if he has to pay someone um and he will then control you because he's paying you for quality time it's weird yeah 
Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I still that's sugar daddies for the record. <laughs> now, if people, I've definitely heard of women that have used sugar daddies <laughs> to like get further in their career. And honestly, I'm all about the business. The paper, women, you know? another degree. So, yes. Like, yes. Yeah. So I'm all about like you know again, not one size fits all. It's like not not you know banning flip flops for men. There are circumstances. <laughs> Um, but like, Shots so, fired. <laughs> I don't have icks, but I will say, yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I mean, there, there have been times, um, <laughs> I could like, I couldn't like classify an ick. I mean, they do, they do have to shower, you know, like simple ones, like, um, but like <laughs> basic human hygiene, it's not even an ick. I expect that from my women friends. I have no sexual interest in, um, but like, uh, yeah, I tried to have a sugar daddy. Um, he sent me this proposition on Instagram and there was something, I mean, we all, as women, I think all women get propositions to be sugar babies on Instagram. <laughs> like, More than I can count. Yep. McKinley and I have oh, gotten oh propositions. Oh my God, we definitely that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. He was I, yeah, obviously yeah. doing, you know, lead generation, like was, in <laughs> such a way. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Pass the net wide, his, honey. He sent his message in such a way. I wish I could read it because I even read it to one of my other friends because I told her and she knows like I'm just funny like this. Like I'm like, so I always have like an outrageous story. So I was like, so I was like trying to be a sugar baby. And she's like, <laughs> what? And I was like, no, 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 listen to this message. And she's like, oh, that's nice. But it was just something that he said. He was like, you know, I just am interested in like honest companion. He said something like very, he said it very sweet. Um, and so I was like, okay, <laughs> literally lasted like not even 24 hours because then I was like, okay. I was like, well, tell me more about yourself. And, um, he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember exactly what, but he had had like some kind of a tragic something. Like I think he had lost his wife, whatever. And, um, whatever. So the next morning, he sent me good morning, baby. And I was like, Oh no. And I couldn't, right? respond. I couldn't, okay. I was like, you can't even pay me money. Mm. I just, I cannot respond mm. to someone saying that. You I don't feel an actual interest. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super funny that you say that because I think before I moved back to San Antonio, obviously I was living in Denver and I was a part of this really lovely, like hotel members club, blah, blah, blah. It was like, a less bougie Soho house. Okay. It was very seemingly impressive from the outside looking in, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that impressive. Anyway. So I met this guy, super handsome, really successful, very like lovely. He, and I gave him my number one night. It was very innocent. Right. Or so I thought, um, he texted me the next morning at seven 30 in the morning. Did I mention it was the morning? Like in the morning. Um, I have not been a morning person, I swear to God, since the day of my birth. Okay. Like, unless I'm catching a flight. Okay. Unless I am, I don't even know what other, you know, like instance I would be up that early. I said, he goes, hey, I don't even fucking remember the message, but it wasn't enough to, I didn't respond. I didn't respond. Mm. And that just gets me like thinking about, I don't think I ghost, maybe I did ghost him. Shit. I just did it myself. But like, I, that just gives me thinking about like ghosting, right? So, like, oh. how, why do you mm -hmm. think that like we as a society, as maybe a generation, because I don't know that mm -hmm. it necessarily happens with, you know, older generations that find themselves dating again for one reason or another, 
but ghosting, like mm-hmm. I have been ghosted twice in my life that I can think of in my adult life rather. Right. Um, one of them was after I fucking slept the guy and gave him the best sex of his life because hello. Um, and then the second time was a more unique situation and it was a little bit more of an innocent situation, but I would still consider it ghosting. How do you think we've gotten to this point? You know? Right. Same, really the same line as, um, like why dating has gotten so casual and unintentional. Um, it's that we are not connected with ourselves. And when we cannot express emotions and be clean and honest Mm. with people, when we're too afraid of either disappointing someone or too afraid of doing what's hard and not even aware of how to articulate emotions, we'll just leave it and be like, Oh, they'll get the message. I'm, I'm a boarding mission. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And that is very unclean, very leaky energy. Mm. So when people ghost, they say, I'm not ready to actually handle an adult relationship. Like, so basically what you're saying is they're bitch babies. Mm, and I, yes. I would take full, no, no, no. I would take full responsibility in the times that I have ghosted men. Well, I think, okay, God, this is such sensitive, I think, territory. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, like, if mm-hmm. you are, and we're talking from, like, a straight, cis, cisgendered mostly, like, heterosexual relationship perspective, if you are a woman ghosting a man, may I say, and maybe this is like a phenomenon that needs to be shared. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm like, how do I even say this? Men are creepy. Okay. So if mm. you have any sort of like gut feeling that they're not giving what they <clears throat> needed to head gave, <laughs> then <laughs> like you're not going to stick around. Like it's very <laughs> simple. Like you don't know this person. You don't know their intentions. They haven't made the mm. intentions clear. There isn't any sort of um, just like clear um, goal you know, made known to you Mm. or intention made known to you of like, I just want to get to know you. Um, And so I think I can't speak for all women. I would never dare to try, but I think in my experience, it's been like, okay, well, if I ghost a man, which Mm. like, again, it's, I can count on one hand how many times I've done it. If Mm. I'm ghosting a man, like that means that I'm uncomfortable. And that means that I just feel like there needs to be um, some sort of boundary put in place that I will say in, um, my history, I didn't, I've, I've very much faced situations where it's like, I don't know what boundary to put in place or like how to put that boundary in place rather. Um, it's a very easy thing to just say, Hey, I'm not comfortable or Hey, I'm not interested. It is very different. It's a very different thing to ghost per se, or rather, stop communication if a boundary is not respected, you know, because there are times when, you know, so there is a time like when there have been a lot of times when women will say something and I'm sure men too, of course, I just cannot speak for men because I am not a man. Um, but, (laughs) um, and I've never felt like one, but I am, (laughs) there is something about, it's not ghosting. When you say, hey, I'm not interested, I'm not comfortable, or hey, please stop saying that, or whatever, um, and they don't 
they don't respect it or don't see it, then cutting off communication is very different than ghosting. You know what I mean? And I think ghosting is also very different than like, oh, like, you know, we just kind of lost touch or lost community. Like, right, right. You know, whatever, like, oh, like maybe you went on a few dates and it kind of like, oh, just things happen and whatever. But like when someone has uh, extended communication, you know, and then that's just been completely open-ended and ignored, that's ghosting. Like it definitely, so that's like a really good point because that is a distinction, you know? Like, as women, sometimes I think it's not always respected when we do express that. And I think then, of course, if they don't respect that boundary, then that gives us full permission to leave the situation. You know what I mean? And for men, too, obviously. Right. Um, Unfortunately, I do know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I I maybe have shared this previously, and I'm not going to go into it. I think it's very much, you know, a conversation and a story for another time. But I took a man to court earlier this year because Mm. of stalking, right? And I think that while, yes, that is the ultimate um, violation of of privacy, of, you Mm. know, all the things that takes, you know, ghosting or setting a boundary or what have you, like, to the extreme. Like, obviously, that's a very extreme example. It's not, it's not something I fucking hope that happens to someone every day. Um, But, you know, I also have, like, experience that I think, like, on a smaller level. And it's like, personally, yes, I, I, I think at, at this point in my life, I try my best to communicate with someone like, Hey, this ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) Simply put, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry if you were feeling like it was, but it's not. And, um, Mm -hmm. if I am ghosted or when I have been historically, I think I've seen it like in a couple of different ways. It's like one, okay, that makes sense. Like I fucked him too soon. Like, okay, great. Like whatever. But in my defense, he was super hot and tattooed. Like it doesn't, you know, like whatever. Um, but in on the other, the opposite end of the spectrum, it's like, oh shit, like maybe you're the problem. <laughs> you know, like maybe uh. your tendencies are the problem. Maybe your lack of healing, maybe your lack of self-assuredness or what have you mm. is the problem. Meaning, meaning like if you um, continuously get ghosted? No. Oh, no. Just like if, like, I'm, I'm speaking to my experiences, like, on yeah. one end of the spectrum, it's like, yeah, like, I got ghosted because, you know, whatever, like, I probably fucked up too. On the yeah. other end of the spectrum, it's like, oh, no, 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 I did everything that I know is right, or I have learned is right in my, I've done everything in my power to uphold those things. Mm-hmm. but maybe he has some unresolved X, Y, Z, you know? Right. Right. So it's like, it's, it's fucking hard because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, as much as I, I love all of the excitement and like the fun that comes with like having a crush, dating, going mm-hmm. on a date, like whatever, it's like the boundaries. Right. And I'm an Aries. Mm-hmm. Hello. I love excitement. Mm-hmm. I love, new fun exciting whatever um I think it's it's kind of Mm -hmm. like all one thing but 
what do you think about like the idea of like one night stands y'all because mm. here's the thing being post-divorce cal i feel like you could probably speak to this getting out of a divorce it's like there's so much nuance that goes into a sexual relationship within a marriage and i know that my nuance doesn't even look the same as your nuance like it's super complicated and there's a lot of factors that have like played into it um what and i would love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on like what one night stands have maybe represented for you both in the past what um if you have walked away from having them like why um but then also like what the fuck like <laughs> i think mm. i can say that after every like topic of conversation around dating what the right. fuck like yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, okay i'll go first um yeah i mean i don't know I think there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with having a one night stand. Same. Um, I know for me, like coming out of my marriage, it was really empowering to have a couple of one night stands and just like explore and have fun and not have commitment attached to it. But I will say that I find them incredibly unfulfilling. And like the more that I started dating, the more I was like hesitant to do that and wanting to wait to introduce sex into the relationship. Um, but I feel like it just depends on the moment and what you're looking for. Like for me, I haven't been looking for a relationship. I'm just kind of exploring yeah. and trying to see what's out there. And if that involves sex, mm -hmm. like that's great. If that involves sex, then I meet you. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be like right. that every time. Um, but yeah, I have had some really empowering one night stands, but all in all, I feel like they were more for me, mm -hmm. just like getting that out of my system and knowing that like yeah, I can do this. And that doesn't mean that I'm mm -mm. a slut or I am like, you know, like, I, I don't know. It was really powerful for me, but I think I'm kind of over it at this point. Well, I say that. I'm like, but if the perfect man, right, right. Catch me on a good night. Catch yeah. me on a good night. But also, <laughs> I yeah, just like, catch me I on a good night. Um, your use of the word slut, because I feel like, mm. oh my God. And this probably warrants mm -hmm. its own conversation, mm -hmm. but the idea of like being called like a floozy, a hussy, a slut, mm -hmm. a whore, a hoe, a... Mm -hmm. sorry, Prosecco burps, excuse me. <laughs> um, like I just remember, you know, growing up and like the implications of that and, you know, having been raised by an older generation, like all of these things kind of play into it. And I think, like, at one point in my post-divorce life, like, I was a slut. And I fucking love that, you know? But I don't mm -hmm. say that in a derogatory way because mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I did want dick inside of me all the time. Like, was I coping mm -hmm. with something? <laughs> yes. Was it a healthy coping mechanism? No. But I think that I've, like, just come mm -hmm. to this point in my life where I recognize what has happened to me for what it is and like how it's grown me and i'll be damned to the fucking deepest pits of hell which i'm already going anyway um what is hell what is hell 
Right. Oh, no, Alexia. We will talk about that another episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be will. damned to the deepest pits of hell if, like, that is reflective of who I am as a person. It's like I'm human. I have needs. I'm a woman of all humans. I have needs, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And was I hurting myself or anyone else? No. And I think that that is kind of, like, my basis of mm. of it all. So, mm-hmm. right. No, and I like definitely agree. Mm. I agree with what you guys are um, saying. It's it's really all the intent, and what from what it sounds like, uh, it seems like we we all grew up with um, some kind of a shame around sex and sexuality and when it should happen and things like that. Mm-hmm. And while mm-hmm. I think that unconscious um, sex is can be very destructive even when it's destructing if we eventually like come back to ourselves it will be part of our process you know so I definitely I don't know if this is a part that got cut off but I did mention um about a conscious hoe phase that I went through and I say love yeah um (laughs) and yeah there was a time like there was a time where I was where I was wait but can we talk about like the counter intuition of the phrase conscious hoe phase <laughs> like well <laughs> I think I, mean, I love it one so much how many times I've said this but like my brain hurts <laughs> it was how I was approaching myself in that phase yeah because there was a time when I would sleep with people just because I was like oh well I would like them but I wouldn't necessarily want to sleep with them but they wanted to so I was like mm, I would oblige that was unconsciously repeating old patterns unconsciously be like prioritizing the other person which was kind of like me not knowing how to express myself or express my boundaries which was mirroring my relationship with my parents when I was growing up like not having space for myself and not thinking that how I felt was as important as the other person Mm -hmm. therefore was that the best practice no and it awakened me So, or it helped me awaken because I decided to face it that way. Then I was like, okay, there's a lot of shame around this stuff. And you know what? Like, if I'm having summer in Newgrounds, if I'm (laughs) whatever, I mean. In a foreign country (laughs) in the summer, like, I'm sorry, that is a recipe, honey. And it's not for something innocent. Yes. Like, I'm like, okay, am I teaching, you know, yoga in Costa Rica? Am I, you know, like things like this, these things where you're like, let's explore. Wait, are you speaking from experience though? Hypothetically, of course. (laughs) Oh. No, yeah, I know. From experience. So, um, I, though I would not say like, I just dated one person in Costa Rica, but the way that that all, when it came about was kind of an expert, it was, it was a whole thing. It doesn't matter. One of. I just highly revere that man in so many ways. Now we don't even talk anymore. Um, but he was important for my evolution. Um, all I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm just seeing a lot of memories now. We would have to like secretly go to the little like massage tables in the rainforest. Anyway, okay. So, um, wait, massage <laughs> tables in the rainforest? Yes, we were so we were volunteering at this eco lodge. No, 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 no. no. Can through. I? So, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
We must find this man. Oh, he's the. I mean, he's somewhere in. He's somewhere in <laughs> Paris. I think he's somewhere. I'm literally like my. I'm drooling. He was the. He was the best. Oh my gosh, I adored him. Um, we yeah, just we kind of lost touch. Um, but yeah, no, it was funny. So anyway, okay, whatever. Um. So what am I saying? Okay, going back, summer in Mykonos. I was like, I'm having my summer in Mykonos. It was uh, the first time that people were out and about post-2020, you know? So it was like, um, we were all feeling some type of way. I was, like I said, becoming reacquainted with my body. I was, yeah, you know? So it was like, I was honestly just on another effing level that year at that time, yet I knew exactly what I was doing. I wasn't going into it just being like, oh, whatever. I knew what I was doing. I was connected with myself and I was assessing how I felt after each situation. (laughs) It's a wonder that I didn't get pregnant or some kind of disease in that time yet. (laughs) That being said, I learned a lot in that time period. Because I know God loves me a lot, okay? Like, he loves me a lot that I'm alive to tell the tale. So, um, point being, I was very in tune with myself that whole time, even though I was like, I, there was a part of me that was saying, I know this is not something you're going to be practicing long term. This is actually not healthy to practice long term. But right now we're fucking around and finding out. Mm. And <laughs> each like. Talk about cultural diversity. Yeah. I mean, there were lots of different people, cultures, and experiences to be observed in that time. And it was kind of cool to be like, okay, what do I, what did I enjoy about this interaction? What did I not enjoy? How could I have done something better? How could I have done something smarter? Things like that, just to assess, like, okay, like just, it was literally a tool to get to know myself, honestly. So, conscious ho phase, there was a point where mm. um, in one of the interactions, I could literally feel myself. Because when you think about it, like a woman allowing a man to enter her sacred portal, it's one thing that men, man, of course, is going to experience something because there is the the entering, but a woman giving the consent for, for, a, for an object to come inside of her. And not necessarily... To come, come inside of her and then also come inside of her, yes. Right, multifaceted, everyone <laughs> We got you. <laughs> I personally believe that, like, the woman's um, cervix, like, the uterus is obviously, like, where we create life. So I think the cervix is another portal to heaven. And when we think about, like, the the womb space, whether or not you have a uterus, um, is where we hold deep emotions. So not only where a woman creates life, the cervix is a portal to heaven. So who are we allowing to be in that portal? So I do feel like it's a very important thing when you get to that phase of like, okay, I'm wanting to be more selective again. Like I think one night stands have their purpose. And I think we get more selective because it is our home. You wouldn't let like a stranger into your home if you really love and care about your home. Now mm-hmm. shit happens. So there's no judgment there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We all we all do shit. We all fuck around and find out. There was a time. Or sometimes they a, fuck around and we don't Right. <laughs> Right, we don't find out until the next time the universe says, "Hey, you're ready to." <laughs> to try exactly. Right. Right. So, um, anyway, there was a time that I specifically in the conscious hoe act, um, 
I could feel myself actually opening up on a bodily level. And I was like, I am opening up. Even though this is one night standy. Um, it was with someone that we had like a really um, fun connection. I, I swear there's a difference between American hookup culture and European hookup culture. And I will say when I have had hookups with European people, mm-hmm. closer to more Eastern European is specifically, I find that super Western, like Irish. Okay. No, I love Irish people, not all Irish people. But what I find is that when I, when it's people that are like closer to the West. Oh my God. Fuck the potatoes and fuck the oh. Irish. No, not at all. First of all, <laughs> I have a lot of Irish blood, which I like, I'm like, how the fuck does some. that happen? I don't know. I have a Very lot. Horrible. I mean, my fucking first name is I McKinley. think I have Irish blood. <laughs> like, we all have Irish One blood. Thing anyway, is the closer we get to the West, it, right? <laughs> I find that um, it's closer, like it's, it's a little bit more disconnected. That's what I've noticed as a trend. That doesn't mean it's true. This is what but I've also, noticed. would you argue that like, quote unquote hookup culture first of all that phrase I feel like is very um Mm. western very Mm -hmm. American if you wanted to call it that but especially western and I feel like um there are very few continents that I have been to but I've also been to several and I feel like if you were to extend it to like the eastern world hookup culture it's like what like what is that like it's yeah it's just maybe, I mean, this is just like speculation, obviously, but maybe it's um, considered something like a sharing of souls or like, right. dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like, it's no, just, I think like other, right, yes, other right, cultures exactly, right. are, ex- are having, are enjoying sex with each other, you know, because as we are prime, we, we were more primal at one point. We're also more evolved. So it's kind of like a fine line. But I do find that other Unless cultures we're are, sex, then I am very primal. I'm so sorry. Are genuinely enjoying so other <laughs> like what I found is that like more like cultural, more like people that are like um, Mediterranean and more Eastern are more enjoying the act together, more present. Like for example, this one guy that I felt like I was having the awakening experience with, he and I still like talk from time to time. Like we're not that close, like whatever, but we actually like had a connection. He was actually like, Hey, let's get lunch, you know, tomorrow. Um, like, let's like, let me learn more about you, you know? So we were actually like having a connection. Whereas like, I feel like the more Western, the more like American hookup culture, shit like that. It's like more of a quick fuck. And it's kind of like just animals. It's not like actually connecting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a very big difference. Like Mm -hmm. after that one night stand per se, I didn't feel empty. I was like, oh, like what a what a fun connection. Right. Do I see that man as a long-term partner? <laughs> Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yet. I enjoyed it for what it was, you know. Right. <laughs> so Kelly and I have actually talked about this um more recently than not. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea of um fuck, I just lost my train. Oh, 100%. Okay, you can edit this. <laughs> That's why I feel so free to say, like, I lost my share of thought. You know what I mean? Um, the idea of, like, one-night stands being something that, like, I personally, I was, t- I mean, at Kelly, I don't know what your, like, maybe consensus was on it, but I was basically saying I can't have a one-night stand with someone that, like, a stranger, you know, not just 
do I, I don't necessarily think a one yeah. stand would happen with someone that like you know or are acquaintances with, like whatever. I don't think that's necessarily like the definition of a one night stand. Excuse me, but I think what I've come to realize is like, first of all, I'm the fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, like, look at these tits. Are you kidding? Bippity boppity, motherfucking boo. Um, all of that to say, like, I am not willing to give myself to just anybody anymore. Okay, here's mm-hmm. the thing. We've all fucked up. We've all made um, misguided decisions. We have all found ourselves at very fancy hotels fucking a friend of, you know, 10 plus years that we don't even really like. Have we all? <laughs> oh, have we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. Um and like I just feel like at this point in my life, like I like I've I've said to both of you, potentially Kelly, maybe just you. Um I want connection. I don't need any more hookups. I don't need any more one night stands. Mm-hmm. I don't need sex as desperately as maybe I wanted it at one point. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. would it be fucking nice to have live in dick? Yeah, right. it would. But, um, yeah, I just think the reality of it all is, like, why? Why? Well, it's just, like, when you first start having sex, you know, you're not very good at, like, foreplay and shit. Like, you're not going to still be fucking like you were 17. Like, what you were doing when you were younger, you know what I mean? It all had its time and place. Like, you know, people would go hang out at Sonic and, like, have fun. (laughs) You know? Oh, my God, yes. We are now, like, you get to a point where you're, like, (laughs) could I hang out at places other than Sonic? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I love it at the time? Yes. Right. But I am at this point. Mm. We're not gonna fuck around at Sonic anymore. You I mean, know, maybe. There's no right? more Sonic and not sex. even just like Sonic. You know, like no even more just Sonic like you know, sex. your friends. Like I'm just saying. I mean, okay, maybe just me. But like you know, we used to like go. Like people used to go like hang out at like gas stations in high school, and you know, like people would like drive around town and like you know buy a Swisher. And like not a swisher. Oh my god! I'm telling you, right? You know what? That is fun (laughs) when you're 18. That is yes. That is you don't still do that. Uh, Yeah. See, exactly. Exactly. I know, right? Exactly is what you know. It was fun when I was 18. Do I want a swisher now? Not really. Do I respect the time? Yes. Right. (laughs) It had its time, its place, Mm -hmm. its all the things. Um, okay, I, I want to ask y'all both something. What is y'all's craziest or maybe most exhilarating, like, quote-unquote, hookup story? Would love to hear. Who wants to start? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I can start. You want me to start? Sure. <laughs> you start, McKinley. <laughs> is relative. Because most of them are crazy. But, but that's beside the point. Um, when I asked that, I was thinking of one in particular, and I was actually in high school. And yeah, it was with this Ooh, guy that I had, honestly, this is hilarious thinking back on it. I'd been seducing him for a full year. He <laughs> was a year older than me, a full 365 days. Okay. Using the drip strategy. The drip, the drippity drip. I am the epitome. 
epitome of drip. I'm the epitome <laughs> of drip. So all of that to say, I remember going to a local park in our wildly large, overfunded landscaping bullshit. It's not bullshit. People feel safe there, whatever. Um, the community that my parents lived in. And I, it was my junior year of high school. It was his senior year. And we had a physics class together because I've always been a nerd. Um, and I remember we like, we, had, we ran in the same circles, whatever. We were in the back of his truck in a park. I feel like if I were the person that I am now, having done what I did then, I would be so afraid of being like stopped or like arrested or something. But our friends were hanging out outside of the truck, just like vibing outside of the goddamn truck. Okay. And we just like hooked up in the back of his truck and it was like a Toyota. Like it was not like it was a, the cab of the truck was not big. We'll put it that way. Okay. Mm. And I just, honestly, I think about it fondly. Like I in was, the bed of the truck or? No, like the cab. In the cab of the truck. Inside. Well, there were yeah, people outside of the fighting. truck. We were fucking horny teenagers. Like, come on. I mean, honestly, I was envisioning <laughs> the, the bed of the truck. So, like, this is. Bad. No, that was another time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know. <laughs> right. But really, I just remember. No, I was wearing um, an infinity scarf. <laughs> I must That's make note. <laughs> I don't remember my top. I'm sure it was like something skimpy because it was cold outside and we didn't believe that we could get um, any sort of disease from the cold. And then I was wearing um, like snakeskin faux leather leggings. <laughs> I think I remember that. And that's all I have to wow. say about that. That's all I have to say about it. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> anyway, all of that to say, um, the reality of hookups and all that comes with it or with them, like they don't make logical sense, but I think that's why they're fun maybe. I don't know. Mm. I can't speak for everyone again. But can we talk about like mm. the other, like I want to say ideals of modern dating. I want to talk mm. about the other ideals of modern dating. Let's just say that. Um, I recently learned about the term breadcrumbing. Is it giving Hansel and Gretel? I've never it's heard of it. It's very Gen Z, I think. It's very Gen Z. What is which it? Which we all know that I live to appease and impress Gen Z. But that's, <sighs> again... I'm so intimidated by them. They're fucking cool. I'm so intimidated by them. I hope none of them listen to this I want, and judge us. Well, they are going right. to judge everything we do. Bread crumbing, but enlighten us, McKinley, as a so, as a Gen Z. Obsessor. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> okay, that, uh, that is a label that I wasn't ready Um, I, uh, from what I know, it's just like kind of like, I mean. It's Hansel and Gretel. Like you leave a little like breadcrumb and you like slowly but surely um, lead someone to get to know you. 
your intentions, your X, mm-hmm. Y, fucking Z. Like, that's all I know. There could, there's probably more to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's so, it's obviously very fucking convoluted. But at the same time, it's like, okay, breadcrumbing, like, so. Just, just leading someone on. Yeah. This says, according to, okay, I Googled breadcrumbing meaning, and the first thing that popped up was brides.com. So, according to brides.com, breadcrumbing is the act of sending out flirtatious but noncommittal social signals, i.e. breadcrumbs, in order to lure a romantic partner in. The only breadcrumbs I need are on anything that I eat that's fried or my Caesar salads, okay? I don't Mm. need a man or a pseudo man if you're picking up what I'm putting down, mm. breadcrumbing, like, it's just, it's not it. It's not it. Well, yeah, so it's just being let on, essentially, which has been around for a while. Can also be, you know, opening the door. Well, I don't like to throw this around. That's kind of a narcissistic tendency. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a narcissist, but that is a tendency. Um, that to say, if you are following a trail of breadcrumbs, and you realize you keep getting crumbs, get off the damn trail. You know what I mean? So, But what if you you're know, just, like, hungry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hungry? Find other food. There's lots of other food. <laughs> if someone's leaning in, yeah. Find a meal. Morning, you're fine. Go to the river, drink some water. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's yeah. like, okay, breadcrumbing. Yeah, the person who breadcrumbs fucking sucks. But whoever keeps eating the breadcrumbs needs to take responsibility too, you know. I mm-hmm. feel like I could probably make note of that. So <laughs> Anyway, okay. That to this be is- said, like, when, when someone does set you up in that way, it gives you just enough and then doesn't give you necessarily enough, that can feel very addicting. What that comes down to also is like someone, it's a dance of energy. Um, It's just a dance of energy between two people that are um, experiencing like some insecurity in relationships. Um, So what that's kind of come to be known as is like a more anxious attachment style or more avoidant attachment style. At the end of the day, it's just energy. Like I said, it's not something like, someone might experience anxious attachment style, they can, they can transform to be more secure with nervous system regulation and like actual subconscious clearing as well as the avoidant. When someone puts you in a breadcrumbing situation, it can be extremely addictive because it's just enough and just enough and just enough. And so it kind of makes you like, oh, wait, where's the next breadcrumb? And it kind of puts you in this mindset of scarcity. So it can feel addictive. It can be hard to leave. So not to like invalidate that, but like I said, how are you going to like, you get to show yourself how much you love yourself when it feels harder. So the douchebag who's breadcrumbing, honestly, as much as like we could be like, oh my God, what an asshole. They don't care. Whatever. Like at the end of the day, they're going to be in more pain than the person that was once following the breadcrumbs. Because if they stop following the breadcrumbs and go make their own meal, they're going to be fine. You know, the person that keeps giving breadcrumbs is the one that's in the most pain. Like, why can't they just, why aren't they even comfortable enough to share a loaf with someone? You know, 
like they are the saddest ones in the end. Mm. So you could spend all this energy talking about how they're an asshole and you could actually just say, you know what? They're sad. I wish them well. I send them love. I'm going to take care of myself now, you know? Oh shit. Yeah, no, I do know. A <laughs> <laughs> couple things, you know, all of that to say one, um, there are a couple of men that come to mind <laughs> that I obviously need to share this episode with, and I will send them a direct <laughs> link. Um, two, um, there is no analogy like an analogy with carbs. Okay. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Can we please, y'all, I really might, I want to have a very candid conversation about situations. Blah, blah, blah. Let's mm. let me rewind. <laughs> <clears throat> I, okay, so I want to have a very candid conversation about situationships mm-hmm. and how they've come to be. Obviously, we've talked about the evolution of dating, you know, going from courtship to dating to the, you know, culture around uh, one night stands and like whatever. Like, what the fuck are situationships? And when I say situationships, let me just share like what goes through my mind. It's like, Two people in particular were talking monogamy who spend time with one another, pour into one another, invest their time, their energy, their emotion, their mind, whatever, into one another and the opposite person's life. I almost said lives. There's only one life in the opposite person. Um, I want I wanna unpack this. So Alexia, like what are your thoughts? Situationships. Well, I see a lot of people doing girlfriend and boyfriend things on a hookup budget. Um, so <laughs> if you're on a hookup budget, keep it that way, you know? So my thing is like, again, we're not, we're, we're getting messy with the boundaries and the emotions. There's something about dating and, you know, it doesn't mean that you go on, like, one date with someone and then you're exclusive because that's also that's also a red flag. Okay, talk about red flags. Someone who wants to be exclusive after the first date, they haven't collected enough data and they are irresponsible to me in that they're irresponsible with their emotions to think that they want to be exclusive mm. with me after a first date. So that's a, that's a humongous red flag. And honestly, where mm-hmm. I immediately say <laughs> thank you and goodbye. So, um, but... Hmm. Yes. So there's something about casually, like, like dating to start. I think there's a very intentional way of keeping the energy clean. Personally, like we said, when you're getting, okay, it depends what you're looking for. If you really just want casual dating, it's fine. There's absolutely no judgment. But if we are looking at deeper relationships, usually a situationship will happen because one person wants a relationship and the other person doesn't and they don't feel ready and then you're stuck in this like weird mismatch of energy um so that is lack of energetic boundaries so and yeah honestly both people just avoiding the truth and avoiding the pain using their relationship to numb now yeah there's something about slowly dating but when you start doing things and I personally personally believe that when you start regularly sleeping with someone that's that's more along the lines of a girlfriend thing if you're consecutively sleeping with the same person. If you're on a hookup budget, okay. Just like 
if you're on a hookup budget, you're eventually depleting your expenses. You're just depleting your life source, your resources, things like that. Um, I just feel like situationships, like people need to shit or get off the pot and that's it, you know, like stop wasting your time. And that's what most people, people get themselves into situationships because they are, they are avoiding something. They're avoiding a pain. They're avoiding a loneliness. They're romanticizing some connection with someone, not realizing that chemistry, like the strongest chemistry comes up that like, we're, we're meant to have chemistry with, with our partners. We need to, we need to have physical attraction, things like that. But the strongest chemistry comes from unresolved um, wounds. So unless both people are willing to address that mm. consciously, it's probably going to be depleting. So yeah, shit or get off the pot. Um, yeah. So whether that's, yeah, we just need to be more clear with ourselves, you know? So the more that we allow, like whoever's in a situationship that wants more than a situationship, they need to realize that they are allowing that, you know, and not to like, you know, I'm not saying like just in, in every single situation, it comes down to what you're allowing and what you're expressing or not expressing. Like, and that will show up, not just in your relationships, that'll show up in everything, the way that you use your money, the way that you work. Um, and then eventually the more that you ignore that, the health of your body, because that's the only way that like the energy really knows how to directly communicate with you. The more that you repress emotions or repress uh, or like don't honor your needs and are very like loosey goosey about the energy. If the energy is consistently open like that, I feel like situationships are, um, you'll, what I find is a, a, a common pattern. People that are in constant situationships usually struggle with money because they are not supporting themselves energetically and therefore their money, the way that they use money and their resources to live and and survive well are not going to be used responsibly either. And again, it's not anything to shame. It's just that all of this is going to be reflected in everything. And when you're not doing that and everything is wide open, like typically people will experience, again, they're usually going to that situation shit for a dopamine hit. Dopamine hit is going to be met for, you know, when it's not a, a supported and healthy <laughs> hit of dopamine or serotonin or whatever, you're going to be met with more depression. Then that goes up when we're thinking about how the energy is stored in the body. That goes from the root, the root chakra, the groin, the sacral, which is right below the belly button. That's the womb space. Again, life, deep emotions there, feminine energy. Not to mention a million people experience lower back pain, repressed emotions. Not always, but often. Um, <laughs> moving up the spiral, like up the spine, we hold masculine energy. That's the working energy, the initiator, the doer. So typically people that repress their emotions or are feeling really sad will throw themselves into work or think they need to do more or whatever. They're depleting their energy stores. This energy center, the masculine energy, <laughs> um, is where we hold anxiety, anger, and where things um, start to show up in digestive issues. Then we go up to the heart. That's our first conscious feeling center. Um, this is why we experience a lot of our emotions in our chest because that's the first place that things will typically express. And so anything from the chest up is more conscious, energetic center. So a lot of things will either be overthinking, we'll have you know a sore throat, tight shoulders, our heart's going to be racing or whatever. Um, those so so this there's going to be a lot of shit going on up here, but it's because it's it's 
coming from the subconscious centers. So all of it to say situationships typically fuck up a lot of the energy in your body. And typically you just see these patterns with people. You either see they have a slew of chronic health issues or they have this mysterious weight gain or they have a really shitty way of using their money. They're not being energetically clean with themselves, which is showing up in an intimate relationship because a situationship is intimate usually. They're not being honest with that energy. They're not being clear, whatever. Because you're either you're either fuck buddies or you're not. But a situation shit means like somebody wants more. And so it just fucks up the energy. Yet mm. it fucks up the energy, but only for as long as you allow it. So it could be like a situation shit is going to be part of someone's next level of evolution and awakening if they choose to to approach it that way, you know? Well, Jesus. <laughs> Your body will tell you exactly what you need and, and what you need to do. You have to be willing to listen. Yeah. So let's say, you know, someone has come, recently come out of um, a stage of taking a step back from dating or maybe a stage of celibacy or what have mm-hmm. you. What would, how would you advise them? to move forward if they desire to get back into, you know, the world of dating and what mm-hmm. have you. Yeah. Um, I would say like be patient. Um, it's kind of like when, when someone is, let's say like they're like, I think about, <laughs> I'm not condoning diets or whole 30 or whatever. Like I'm not, I'm very neutral about the whole 30 yet. When people are reintroducing foods after Whole30, if they're reintroducing consciously, they are taking note of, they're only reintroducing a specific food group a little bit at a time and seeing how their body reacts. So same kind of thing with your energy. Mm -hmm. You're going to be put in situations. um, Just be really present with yourself. Like be really like patient with yourself, present with yourself. Even when, like, of course, you're, you're, like you said, like, you're opening yourself up to another person's energy. So when you are, like, celibate and whatever, you are, like, taking a little hiatus from dating, you're just working with your energy on a, on a super intimate level. Of course, you're still dealing with other energy in life and stuff like that. But, like, on quite an intimate level, um, when you're reintroducing, you just want to be patient, slow, just like look at it with fresh eyes and see what you see. Like also release expectation because just because you've taken this hiatus doesn't mean you're going to re-enter this world and like it's going to be beautiful and magical. It very well could be. And I love that. Like welcome that and also be like there could be a a huge shit show on the other side of this that's going to come to teach me something, but I've prepared and I'm more aware of it. So no, like release expectation and um, and just be, just be patient and be very, very, very present with yourself. That's it. Like, that's really all, all you can do is be very in tune and present with your body. And it will, it will tell you exactly what, what needs to happen next, how you need to express yourself and what you need to do. Wow. Obviously, I think that that would vary, you know, on a case by case basis. Like it's, it's very much about, you know, the individual, the person, 
Um, but thank you so much for your insight. Mm -hmm. It has been absolutely fucking incredible. Um, will you share with our listeners where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok on the interwebs. Um, it's just my name, Alexia Soteris, which is written on this thing, so you don't know how to spell it. Um, also, you can find me on my website at unmapped.me. And you can find me in person on the retreats that I run. Um, we do a lot of energetic work on these retreats, but we specialize. They're called authentic retreats. Um, we are going to Greece in September of 2023 and Sedona, Arizona in end of November, November 30th to December 4th of 2023, depending on when you're listening. Um, they're called authentic retreats because I'm of Greek heritage. So I give people the authentic experience in both Greece. And I also lived in Sedona, Arizona. Both of those places happen to be true high tourist places, but I feel even if they weren't highly touristic, um, I would feel really passionate about giving people the authentic experience, um, in those places because, they are very rich lands. When you think about Greece, it's like ancient civilization, philosophy. Um, like the ancient scholars of our time were there. The land gives you lots of wisdom. So anyway, and the culture is rich. Like there's so much more beyond the, the average tourist experience. So, and also I speak the language, so no language barrier. So anyway, both of those retreats are giving you the authentic experience of like Greece and Sedona. Sedona, I lived there. I got to learn from the locals go way beyond what the tourists see and the sacred spots and how to honor the, um, the ancient lands. It's all, it's all ancient and, uh, native lands. There's a lot of intuition baked into that land by the natives and how the natives commune with it. So it's important to respect that as well. So, um, I feel really passionate about people traveling and having an authentic experience rather than a basic bitches experience. That said, we couple it with a lot of energetic clearing, cleansing, communion with yourself. So it's an authentic experience, which is going to awaken you in a lot of ways. And you're going to have tools to process the energy. So I'm super passionate about those. You can find me in person there. Long answer, but there's all the ways you can find me. No, amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for your insight and your expertise and sharing those, those things with us. Um, we so appreciate it. And for all of you who are listening, thank you again for joining us for yet another episode of Black and White, and we will see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.